This is the final week of the preseason, and boy, has it already been a busy one for the Eagles, and we're not even to the fourth and final game yet. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Eagles Live Podcast. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro with you. The Eagles, as we know, finished the preseason slate on Thursday night at the New York Jets, a game that will answer the final roster questions the team has as it gets ready to cut the roster to 53 players by Saturday at 4 p.m. The big news of the week doesn't come on the field, it comes off the field with a pair of trades. On Sunday, the Eagles acquired cornerback Dexter McDougal from the New York Jets, trading safety Terrence Brooks in the deal. A day later, the Eagles traded long snapper John Dorenbos, an Eagle since 2006, who tied the franchise record for most consecutive games played at 162 last season before suffering a broken wrist. He went to New Orleans for a seventh-round draft pick in 2019. The Eagles wish Dorenbos an outstanding member of the family on and off the field, extended success. He's had a remarkable career and continues to play well. The deal to send Dorenbos to New Orleans was the fifth trade the Eagles made since training camp opened, and that is an incredible flurry of deals in a normally quiet period. And we're just getting started with all the roster moves. This is going to be a fun week. And this is going to be a great podcast. We start with some of the key figures in these recent trades as we meet McDougal, a former third-round draft pick of the Jets, who is here to compete in a very short period of time for a roster spot. McDougal, who played his college ball at Maryland, has been plagued by injuries in his NFL career, but he's healthy now, and he will compete with the likes of Patrick Robinson, C.J. Smith, and others for a spot in the overhauled cornerback room. Time now to go one-on-one with cornerback Dexter McDougal. Dexter, what's it been like to get the word that you got traded and working your way into the Philadelphia Eagles way of doing things? Yeah, I mean, it just happened so fast. So it's something like you don't see coming. But, you know, you got to adjust. So I got down here yesterday, you know, was able to be at the practice, you know, move around a little bit and uh, just do my thing, man. So today I was able to run our defense and I felt good doing it. So uh, I just want to continue to do that, man. Is the terminology the big thing? Yeah, yeah, terminology uh, is going to take some time, you know, to pick up and everything. But as far as things they do, it's a lot of similarities to what we did in New York. It allowed me to play aggressive here. You know, I really like the defense here. I've only been here for two days, and I really like it. So how big is Thursday for you? Uh, for me, honestly, is I'm going against my team that just traded me. So, you know, I want to do well. Honestly, I want to do well. But at the same time, it's just another game, another opportunity for me to go out there and showcase my skills. So that's how I'm going about it, man. How's your career going, Dexter? It seems like, you know, it's been a lot of kind of bad luck with as far as the injuries go. Yeah, man, yeah. So basically, that's been the one thing that's just been holding me back from doing what I want to do. It's just been uh, like a muscle injury or something like that. Or the first year, I tore my ACL. But um, I started to figure out my body, man, and figure out what I need and what I need to do for that not to happen and when I'm on the field man I do my thing so I'm just want to keep it going um, just keep staying healthy keep eating right keep exercising right and taking that serious and just carrying myself as a pro and doing it the right way and that's what I've been doing for fans who don't know your game what can they look forward to seeing um, real aggressive you know I like to get in guys face I'm a smart player though you know I like to play the situations and I like to compete I'm not scared to go hit somebody and I have fun doing it, man. I think you see a lot of passion when I'm out there. Today at practice, a lot of guys were like, man, you were flying around making plays today. I was like, man, that's just how I am. That's just how I am, man. It's just a lot of high energy coming from me. And um, I want to play lights out. You get the sense on Thursday that you'll be playing 
in the slot in nickel or will they move you outside or will they play both or don't you know uh yeah i really don't know i really don't know i definitely know i've played the nickel today you know i'm learning everything so we'll see what's the difference between being in the nickel and being outside i feel like on the outside you're gonna get a certain amount of routes you know when you're in the nickel there's a lot more stuff going on you're tied into a lot more things and then the receiver has you know many different ways he can go many different routes he can run and the different combinations with guys so it's just a different thought process when you're in the inside you got to be very focused very locked in and be able to communicate with everybody outside inside so it's a different challenge in there thanks yeah no problem a day later the eagles made the deal to send doran boss to new orleans in large part because they believe so much in rick lovato who replaced doran boss for three games late last season lovato snapped at old dominion signed with chicago and then gained regular season experience with green bay and washington before latching on with the eagles last season he played without a hitch last year and then got a lot better in the offseason. Lovato is a sturdy six feet, two inches tall, 250 pounds. He's gotten better and better, good enough for the Eagles to think he is ready to be here for the long term. We hear now from Rick Lovato. Rick, let's go back to last year and the lessons you learned in those three games. What are some of the key things you took from that experience and then went into the offseason to improve some of the weaknesses that you had? I had a few things to work on with accuracy on my field goals, protection on punt, and as a young snapper, that was two things that I was still trying to get better at. And at the time, I knew I had the ability to do it, but this offseason, that was something that I really wanted to focus on. If I was going to start, which I have not yet, I have not started a first regular season game, I need to go in and do everything I could to improve those things. So how did you work on those things? What specifically did you do? In the offseason, I'd work every other day with my dad uh, out on a field near my high school, and we would just go. I would do snaps just over and over again. It's all about repetition with snapping, and then with protection, it was something I had other former teammates do, whether it was from college or high school, just you know, come up to me and, and rush me while I'm snapping, and really just go about doing that and repeat it and getting better and just it's all about getting those reps and feeling out exactly what it is that I needed to do to work on. So. How much better are you now than you were in 2016? Uh, I'd say 100% better. Honestly, I've never felt this good about my snapping. I feel so confident right now and it's just because it was something that I took very seriously this offseason was, okay, if I want a starting job, I'm going to need to focus every single day to be the best snapper I can be. It's not easy to come in and displace somebody who's been here for as long as John was. Um, how did you feel kind of going through the whole spring and the OTAs and then through training camp in the preseason with the performance that you had? I wanted to stay consistent and I wanted to stay smooth. And I know I wasn't going to do anything at the very beginning to shock anyone. I just had to keep being consistent. I just had to, from the very get-go, I told myself I need to just keep stacking day after day after day and win every day. And I felt like that I kept doing that, was just winning every single day that I could, being as consistent as possible, being good on protection, being good on my field goals. That was just as the most important thing to me. And when John was dealt, what was your reaction? It was, you know, it was a kind of a shocker to me. I really honestly didn't expect this because going into last week of preseason, I've been with a few other teams. I'm like, okay, this can go a bunch of different ways. But um, I really did not expect that to happen so quickly. But I'm very happy for him. It's a great spot for him. And he congratulated me as well. So it's just nice to be able to hear that from him and pass the torch over to me, really. <laughs> and clearly you earned the trust of Dave Phipp, who is the best in the business. Absolutely. As the number one special teams in the the entire NFL and 
having his honesty and having him telling me that I really did earn this, it's it's such an honor to have that. And uh, it's great to be a part of this organization just because of this coaching staff and uh, the people upstairs and these teammates. I mean, I couldn't ask for a better place. Thanks, Rick. And thank you very much. I'm punter Donnie Jones of the Philadelphia Eagles. Thank goodness for Donnie Jones. And you're listening to the Eagles Live podcast with Dave Spadaro. I talked in the last few days with a player who isn't a new acquisition. He's not a headline-grabbing player, but defensive tackle Bo Allen promoted to the active roster on Friday after missing all of the spring and summer workouts and practices and preseason games with a torn pectoral muscle is a key player for the Eagles along the defensive line. Allen is back, he is healthy, and he will provide depth and power for an extremely deep defensive position. Needless to say, Allen is excited to get back on the field. Bo, how did you feel once you got hurt? It's not only a physical thing you have to overcome, you miss a lot of time on the field. That kind of sucks. Yeah, no, it definitely sucks. There's no other way to put it. You know, as a professional athlete, your body is kind of your livelihood. So whenever you have an injury like that, and kind of the way it happened too was frustrating just because I'm a bit of a meathead and I love training. I love working out and getting stronger and stuff like that. And whenever an injury happens in the weight room, you just feel a little bit betrayed by your body almost. So it was tough. And then just to watch everybody come back and be together on the field, you feel a little bit left out. Stepping on the field yesterday and breaking it down with the team and, you know, even little things like participating in walkthrough, things like that, it just feels really nice to be back. The initial estimate was like October. Did you think, oh my gosh, how can this last so long? Bless me. People obviously don't understand this, this beautiful body that I have, Spuds. Um, I mean, it's different for everybody, and you never really know. That's a kind of troubling thing with injury predictions like that. But obviously, as a player, you want to push the limits of your body, whether that be like I was talking about in the weight room or recovering from injury. So I feel good, and our strength staff and our weight room staff, even our coaches, everything have been on board, and I think we've had a great plan. And I hate when guys always talk about how hard they're working out and post videos and pictures on Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter. So I didn't really do that much, but at the same time, I'll kind of toot my horn and say that I work my ass off to get back and get back with the boys. Is there a bright side? in the injury? I guess it might be too early to tell, but I guess right now just I'm back with the boys. I'm back out there practicing and wouldn't really have it any other way. Fourth preseason game, you last year earned the right to not play. Now this is kind of a necessary evil. I think I played uh, like nine snaps or maybe something last year, but I love playing football and that's why I'm here and that's why I do this for a living. So anytime I get the chance to play is a good thing. Still kind of being smart with the injury, taking it day by day, and we'll see about that game on Thursday. So it's too early for you to know just how much you'll be able to contribute early in the season? A lot of that isn't necessarily up to me, but I'm going to work hard to show everybody that I can play. I still got it and I can contribute a lot. My goal is to play as much as possible, so I'm going to work for that. Bo Allen, welcome back. Thanks, Buzz. Appreciate it. What is the big story from the entire preseason? There are many of them, as the Eagles have changed the roster so much since last season, and even in the last few weeks. The voice of the Eagles' Merrill Reese offers his perspective in this week's Press Pass. Merrill, we're three games into the preseason. Do you feel like you have a sense of what the Eagles are all about? I think I have a sense of what the Eagles are all about. More by examining the roster, more by going to practices, not so much by what I've seen on the field, because we've seen the starters for a very, very limited time in each game. They've never really gone past a quarter. 
So was I satisfied when they came out after game number three? No, I had a feeling of, gee, are they really ready? But I guess that's the way things are in the NFL. Coaches are very reluctant to leave their starters out there. You look around, you see that the Kansas City Chiefs have lost Ware. You see that the New England Patriots have lost Edelman. These are key players. And the fact that this team has come out of the preseason with the starters healthy is a very, very big plus. Let's talk about the offense here. Carson Wentz, year two. We expect great things, big jump. Is he ready for that? I think he's more than ready for it. I don't think he acts like a second-year player. I don't think he looks like a second-year player. If somebody dropped me into the middle of practice for a game and asked me about Carson Wentz, I'd say he's a veteran. He doesn't look shaky. He has that quarterback demeanor. He's ready. However, the offensive line has been spotty. The running game has been inconsistent at best. Are these things the Eagles can fix in the time between now and September 10? Assuming that they don't really have to be fixed. In other words, if game planning is the answer, if you're looking at the Washington defensive front, seeing how they have to be best blocked, if you're putting in a game plan that will utilize the running backs in conjunction with your tight ends, your wide receivers, it's an entirely different story. So that's why you can't accurately answer that question. It would seem that that's going to play a big part in it, but at the same time, you're still mildly concerned. Is the offensive line ready? Are they going to have problems? Didn't like the way they pass blocked against the Miami Dolphins. Merle, defensively, it seems like Ronald Darby has really added a lot in a couple of games here. He will be tested, of course, in the regular season. We kind of saw the blueprint against Miami. Throw the ball down the field, throw it up, make these big receivers and jump ball situations. The impact of Darby, your expectations of him and the defense. Big impact. Even in the Miami game where he gave up a couple of big plays, he was there. He makes up ground in a hurry. Nobody runs away from Ron Darby. He can stay with any receiver. So I think he's a big addition to this team, and I think he'll make Jalen Mills better. And also, you'll be able to give Jalen Mills some help. But I think Jalen Miller is the guy who's getting better and better also. So I'm not as concerned about the corners as I was going into camp. How about the defense in general? I think they're good. I think they're very, very good. I think Jernigan is a big addition. I'm glad to see Bo Allen back on the active roster. I think this defense is going to be very, very good. The only concern about the defense I have is depth. But I think that in this world of salary caps, if you look around 32 teams, every one of those 32 teams have depth issues in some areas. So we're at game number four here. Merrill, your call on Thursday night. What positions are up for grabs? What roster spots are there? The two obvious ones are running back and wide receiver. Both positions have players who are good enough to play in the National Football League who will be released. And those are the ones to watch. Does Doug Peterson and his individual department coaches, do they know what that roster is going to look like come Saturday? They probably do. But at the same time, if somebody comes up with an outstanding performance, they just may sway opinions if they're that divided. The other job that will be interesting, and it seems to me that Donnie Jones is once again punting the ball well. He's a veteran. He's dependable. But yet you have a young punter who shows that he has a strong leg at any rate. And when you see a John Durham boss, you wonder if Donnie Jones' position is really safe because teams do move ahead. Still some intrigue here as the Eagles go from 87 to 53. Absolutely. There's a lot of intrigue. I enjoy the preseason. I enjoy seeing the young players trying to make the roster. And we'll see more of that on Thursday night. Thanks, Merrill. Thank you, David. 
So it's on to the final preseason game, the Eagles at the Jets. The starters will rest, but there is a lot on the line for players hoping to keep their NFL jobs. We'll have the Instant Reaction podcast after the game at MetLife Stadium, so tune in for that on Thursday night. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro, saying thanks to Brian Thomas and Richard Shu for their work putting the podcast together, and thanks to you for tuning in every week and making this so successful. Have a great Eagles day, everybody, and fly, Eagles, fly.